Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back for another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. So I am here with Beatrice Vargas. I'm excited to have yet another conversation about marriage because there's so many different components about marriage that's important to put out there. Um, But Beatrice's story is a story that really sticks for me, not only as a married woman, um, but a woman of faith. And, you know, she's also a fellow podcaster, so I love it. So let me just really introduce uh, Beatrice, and then we'll get into why I'm so connected to her. <laughs> so eight years ago, Beatrice found herself crying on a basement floor as her husband had walked out the door to end their relationship. God had assured her he would redeem that relationship. So she clung to him and started to dive into all the research that could change her life while God worked on changing her husband. Nine months later, they were back together. A year later, they had their second child on the way and her husband gave his life to the Lord. They have never looked back ever since. In fact, Beatrice, not only is she a wife, mom, relationship host, and host of the Grace Fuel Wife podcast, but she is empowering other women, other wives to really fight for their marriage. So welcome, Beatrice. Thank you so much for being here and spending this time with me. Um, Guys, I was on Beatrice's podcast as well. And, you know, we've, we've just connected on other podcast platforms. So I'm super happy to have you here, Beatrice. Thank you so much for that welcome. I was like, oh, who is this person? That's you. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for that. <laughs> that, is, that is you. So yeah. Beatrice, welcome. But tell us a little bit more about your story. This was just a brief synopsis, but tell yeah. us a little bit more about your story. So, um, like you said, the my husband and I have been together in total for about 17 years now. And at the time, we were married maybe three, four years. And we have been together for like, not, yeah, I don't even know, six or seven. I forget. Um, but anyway, it, it all started when um, I decided that I wanted to start going to church. I hadn't even made a decision to like, you know, follow Jesus. It was just one day we found ourselves hung over on a Saturday morning, a Sunday morning. And my daughter was like crawling all over us. And I felt like, oh, you know what? This is, it just, I was like, this isn't really how I was raised. And, and I feel like there's more for me. And so I turned around and I was like, I, you know, I think I want to start going to church. I think I want to find a church. And he looked at me like, okay, like, where's that from? Mm-hmm. Right. And um, random, we're here with a hangover. Right. So, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, we were just out partying, partying last night at I don't know what club, right? And it's just like, okay, so that that was part of it. And the other thing is, we had always had a very tr- tumultuous relationship, if you will. Um, we had always, you know, fighting and ups and downs. And uh, I say to people, we are two like type A personalities. You know, two like alpha personalities, you know, so that can clash sometimes when, when they get together. And he's also very traditional, um, Latino, like not machismo, but like, you know, I do all the cooking in the house kind of thing, but yeah, it's just, you know, and it, and it's fine. Right. Right. And the women do everything. Right. And, you know, and even with that, he helps a lot at home. But again, this was we at the time we only had one child, there wasn't really much to do. 
So anyway, so that's kind of sets the stage of sure enough, you go looking for God and you find him. And I did. And so a few months later or weeks later, whatever it was, I found a church. I really liked it. Um, you know, I said, Hey, you know, do you want to start going with me? And he went and it turns out that he knew a lot of the leadership there from growing up. So it turned out to be a good place for us. So we start going to church and then I start getting really involved in the church because I was excited to be there. I felt like I finally found my people, people who looked like me and sounded like me. And, you know, they were different than, um, the, the, old school Pentecostal church that, you know, my parents were going to. Um, and, and again, we were raised Catholic, so it wasn't really anything. It was just different. So, and I like that. And, um, you know, so I would start to listen to worship music in the car and crank the radio up really high. And he would say things like, what are you fist pumping at Jesus now? Like it just, it wasn't sitting with him. And we, in every area of our lives, we just found ourselves fighting, growing apart, not, you know, where we would make decisions together, or I would think that we would make decisions together for him to turn around and then resent me later for some of those decisions. So um, it started to be a difficult place. And I started to know, wow, something is, something's happening here in our marriage. Like I started to feel us growing in a, in a, in a different place. And I remember at that time, I was like, well, you know, whatever, maybe I could just leave because, you know, he doesn't really go to church anyway. And, and, you know, so maybe I could just leave. And I remember God telling me specifically at, at that time with that first thought, adultery would make me unhappy. And I was just like, mm. whoa, it just hit me like, cause I wasn't even thinking that I was just thinking like, you know, my marriage is pretty miserable right now. You know, we should just separate. I'll just, at the time I was working uh, in a corporate job, I was a, a retail buyer and I was like, and I was traveling to LA a lot. And I was like, I'll just ask for a transfer to the LA office and start over. And like, in my mind, I was making, he hadn't even left. So like, we were not even separated, but I was making plans. Yeah. And God was like, yeah, no. And um, fast forward, you know, we're thinking about, so we live in New York city and which means a uh, a large apartment by New York city standards is like 900 right. square feet, right? right? That's like, whoa, that's massive. But in the rest of the world, they're like, really, that's it. And, and that's where we were living in a, in a 900 square foot apartment, which is big by New York city standards. And it was, it was really nice and in a great neighborhood. And he was like, yeah, this is great, but no, I want a house. I want this. So then we start talking about where is our next move? So fast forward, we decide to move in with my parents for a little bit. Uh, to to save up some more money for a down payment on a house because as you know, in yeah, New York you can't City, pay rent and yeah, you can't pay New York yeah. City rent and yeah. try to buy right. a house. <laughs> it does not even. And by the way, we had already owned a house, so like I'm in real estate, so my family's in real estate. I had bought a a house years ago. We had already owned a house, and we were just looking for like a second. So Your anyway, home. yeah, yeah, something else. So anyway, so so now we're living with my parents and staying in their beautifully renovated like apartment in but it's in the basement of their home. And so you can imagine him. He was, you know, just getting to his 40s at the time and he's like I'm turning 40 and I'm living in my in-laws basement. So I think it was a really hard 
thing for him. Very hard transition for him. And even though it was something we agreed on, again, it was one of those things that he was resenting me for, just like the house. Like we agreed to buy the house. We both went to the closing and signed our names to it. But he was resenting me for that too. So it was just all these things. And so we move into the house and now we have like a two hour commute back because she's out on Long Island or the suburbs of New York. And um, so we have like about a two hour commute into the city now to work. And this is completely taking a toll on us. And as in the few months as we're there, I knew like in my heart, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this ain't gonna work. This is not we probably moved in there. I want to say September, like late August, early September. And by November, I was like, yeah, this is he's going to leave. Like I knew he was going to leave. And I started telling my, you know, pastors, people around me that knew him, you know, like, guys, I think he's going to leave. And they're like, no, he would never do that because my husband is a good man. He's a he's a good man. He's, you know, not abusive in any way. But, you know, he's he's an angry he can be have, you know, an angry temperament sometimes. And I'm not the easiest person to live with either. And we just, it just wasn't, we weren't connecting at that point. And so they, they wouldn't, they couldn't believe no way he would leave. And so as I'm going through this and I just felt God speaking to my spirit, like he's leaving. (laughs) And I started, okay. So I'm like, okay, well he might leave and I'm praying and I'm fasting. And I remember at one point, somebody told me, um, I have a word for you. God has a word for you. He wants you to to stop, meaning like stop trying to save my husband, like stop trying to get him to go to church and get him to believe. Or Because I was the type of wife that was like sending him, you know, like sermons or books or like (laughs) trying to hook him up with like Christian Mm -hmm. friends. Like, no, why don't you go play basketball with the guys? You guys will really get along. And he's like, well, uh, I have no, I don't really have anything in common with them. And then, you know, yes, he may have gotten along with them, but I was pushing it. And I, the part of me pushing it was as I was doing that, I was pushing him away. Mm, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it was so that my uh, cousin, so that word was just like, stop. So he said, God says it's done. I've have it done, but you need to stop meddling. And this is before my husband even left. And I was just like, oh, okay. And um, and as we as the weeks go on, I'm like, it's just getting worse and worse. And finally I tell him, like, babe, why don't you just go take a break? Like, you have a friend, he lives out in Vegas. Like, just go hang out with him for a little bit, spend some time, like go spend some time with your friends or something. Well, that suggestion turned into he decided he's gonna get his own apartment. Which, which completely defeats the whole purpose of why we moved into my parents' house. Right. Because you know how expensive it is to move, your broker's fee, you know, like find a new place. And like, we we moved to save money. Now he's going to move out and get all his own furniture. Now he's going to pay to completely furnish a new apartment because now we need two sets of furnitures. Like it was like, this was, you know, but for him he was ready. He needed. Yeah. He wanted out. He wanted out. And so I was like, um, okay. (laughs) 
And, but I wasn't surprised because God had been telling me like, he's going to leave, he's going to leave. And the whole time I was like, well, how do I, right, fighting God and, Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how do I not treat my husband the way I felt like he deserved to be treated. Right. You can imagine. How do you not, how do you not come out as a Latina woman? Like, so you want to go? Yeah. Go. Go your shit and go. (laughs) In my mind. Just be done with it, right? Right. In my mind, I'm I'm remembering like a massive fight of my parents and where my dad started taking all the the plates off the chinero and starts throwing them all over the kitchen. And like in my mind, that's what I'm doing. Like I'm just throwing things everywhere and screaming at him and punching him. Like that's what I wanted to do. And so every day before I got home, remember I had that long commute, I would sit in my car and I'd be like, all right, Jesus, you know what I want to say to him. You know. So I'm going to need you right now. I'm going to need you right now. Just, just change this right here. Change this heart right here. Change everything that I'm going to say. Keep like, take my mouth and zip, zip it. Help me find something better to say. Cause you know how that's going to go over if I go in and talk to him the way I want to talk to them. And I would talk. Right. Or, or just, or even newbie. Like that was just me. That was just my personality. And it was just like, I need you to take this over right now. Mm -hmm. And, and literally every single day I would have to do that before I walked into the house. And again, this we're leading up to, at this point we're in like December and it's a couple of days before Christmas. And I, pull up at the house. I'm having the same conversation with God. All of a sudden he's like, go buy him a TV. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What? You were like, wait, like, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. What did you say? Right. <laughs> TV. He don't need to and watch nothing. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because like, had somebody like seen me, if they were driving by or pass, by, they would think I'm crazy. Cause I would be with talking with the hands, right? You guys can't see me on the podcast, but I speak with my hands. Cause as many Puerto Rican, Dominican, Cuban ladies do, I speak with my hands a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> arguing with God. I don't suggest anybody argue with him the way I do. Cause you know, my parent, my mom will smack me for for speaking to her that way sometimes. But anyway, so yes, I'm having this argument with him. Like, I, why should I buy him a TV? He doesn't deserve that. I go into the house and, you know, thank God for like really good parents. Mm-hmm. So I walk into the house and I tell my mom, mom, you won't believe God just told me that I should go buy Mo a TV. And I'm like, you know, that's not for me. I don't want to buy him a TV. That's the point, right? Is that that idea wasn't from me. It wasn't like some idea, some sneaky trick to keep him around. It was like literally a a notion, a feeling in my heart, in my gut, like go buy him a TV. And I tell my mom this thinking or hoping that she's going to be like, that's crazy. Don't listen to that feeling. She looks at me and she's like, well, then you better get outside, go get in your car and turn around and go buy him a TV. And I was like, damn. Mom, why are you co-signing? Why you yeah, got to co-sign this? You got to be on that, my mom. side. Right. <laughs> so mad. And I think the idea came from like for him, 
his thing is like, as he likes to unwind by watching TV, sitting on the couch, and he wasn't going to take the TV that we had because he had given me that as an engagement gift. And, or I had given him that as an engagement gift, sorry. Um, but he wasn't going to take it. And so it was, I wanted him to have something and to know that there was no hard feelings, even though he was, you know, like, this is how I'm like, or how I saw, not because that's not how I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it, like buying the TV almost with resentment, like really God. Yeah. But I later saw it as like, oh, wow, that's kind of what that was saying to him. And so I go buy him the TV. I and I didn't present it in, at Christmas in front of everybody. It was like something I gave him later at the end of the night after I had already given him all his other Christmas presents. And he was shocked by it. Like, wow, but why would you do that? And I'm like, don't thank me. Thank God. He's the one that told me to buy it for you. And I was like, honestly, I don't, this whole thing, because we would talk and he'd be like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, I'm just waiting for you to get crazy, start arguing with me, start, you know, whatever. And on the few days that I would slip up, on the few days that I would get to be like, Jesus, please take this away from me. If I didn't you're do on that. Your phone and you're like, let me yeah. tell you. And then it's like, delete, 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 delete. Paragraph. Yeah. Shut down. Right. <laughs> you're right. Or if I, I didn't do that before I walked into the house or when I woke up in the morning and I snapped at him because I was holding all that in, he would be like, there it is. There it goes. It was like he was waiting for it. And so the one time, whatever, I think it was maybe once or twice that that happened. And the, and the one time it did when he was like, oh, there it is. That's what I was waiting to see. I was like, oh, I see what's going on here. I'm not going to show him that because that's not what he needed to see in the place that he was. Mm-hmm. And um, Or theoretically thinking he was waiting for that to justify yes. his conflicted feelings in walking right. away. Saying, right. like, I can't manage the stress. Look at how you're going crazy and you're wilding out and this and that. So it was probably him waiting, like, but why isn't she flipping out? Hold on. Because yeah. I kind of want a justification because he probably felt, obviously, he felt conflicted, you know? Right, right. And um, I, I think that's true. That's That's so right. It was almost like by me not doing that, it was like, now he really looks like the bad guy, right? Like, and it was one of those things where no one was on board with his decision, not his friends, not his family, you know, all the people that knew us, you know, we had mutual friends. We had already been together seven years at that point. So everybody was like, you're stupid. Why would you leave her? Like, what is wrong with you? You know? And I remember even his mom was like, oh, so what's going on? And I'm like, um... I don't know. You ask your son. I I don't know what to tell you right. what's going your on. Child. And, your yeah. And she goes, well, I heard, and, she, and this is all in Spanish. And she goes, well, I heard that he's leaving you um, because you started going to church. And I looked at her and I was like, if your son wants to leave me because I'm going to church, then let him leave. And she was just like, <gasps> like oh, how dare I say that? But it was just like, what was I going to say? I, I don't, you know. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to stop going to church. Like me, stop going to church at that point was not going to make my relationship any better. It wasn't going to get fixed. So because there was other deep rooted issues in, in the relationship. So fast forward. So now I know he's leaving. We pick the date. He finds the apartment. It got to the point where he was, where I was like, well, I'm going to help you find a place. And he was like, wow, babe, please. Like, can I just do this? Like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. He picks a place and I come home from 
yet another business trip. And I knew he was leaving that day. And sure enough, it was the apartment was empty. It was a basement apartment and, and it was empty. There was nothing there. And um, my initial thought was to like freak out. But my family, who we have a very big family, they're so gracious. They all kind of came to my aid and like grabbed me by the arm. And my sister drove up from Virginia. My dad and his wife came over to my mom's house. Like my parents are divorced and they, everybody came together with like flowers to help me watch, you know, with the, with my daughter and to just be there to support me on that day that I was going to get home to this empty space. And they were so amazing. And um, I find out later that they were also very gracious to my husband as he was moving out, because think about it there. He's we're in my parents' house. Yeah. They could have treated no, him however. Mm-hmm. And they were not, they were very gracious to him um, as, as he was moving out. And so the whole thing where I find myself crying on the basement floor is when that night, when everybody went home, when I had to go back downstairs and, and sleep in the one room, you know, he didn't take our bed right? Because he got his own. <laughs> and so I had go, to go back to sleep in that one room. And that's where I lost it. And I was just like, all right, God, you just, I've done everything you said up until this point, you, you take this, like, what am I supposed to do? And, you know, he had said to me at that time, you'll be back together by September. It was always very specific, which each, with each word that he gave me, like September. Okay. And I was like, Okay. And I remember telling my mom and she was like, oh, honey, like, you know, kind of like, don't get your hopes up, you know, like, oh, your husband just walked out on you. You're already telling me you're going to be back together by September. Like, yeah, okay. And I was like, hey, I'm just telling you what God told me. And it was one of those things I could, I could see it. I could see everything happening and as it was unfolding and, and through the time now, now I find myself, well, now I'm single. Now we're doing, you know, these alternating weekends and he's taking her. Now I have weekends to myself. I haven't had anything to myself since, you know, at that time, like in seven years, cause I was always with him or, or had a child or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to party. I'm going to go out and find myself a new man and blah, blah. Like it just, you know, and my pastor, um, one of the pastors has said to me, well, I just want you to know that it's, he's an unbeliever and he left. So you're biblically like you didn't do anything wrong. You're, you know, you're in the clear kind of. Right, right. And Your conscience like, is clear. If you will, yeah. You know. And so I was like, well, um, you know, and that was something that had me conflicted. Because it was, it was a thing that at first I was like, well, I'm going to find myself a new man. But then I was like, but wait a minute. But God said, we're going to be back together by September. And then God spoke to me and said, you are going to have a new man, but he's going to be the same one. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, okay. You know, like, all right. And then I, and I had to sit with that idea for a little bit. So fast forward through those nine months of people didn't even under, uh, it was very strange for everybody around us. They didn't even know that we were separated or they were like, we would still go to like functions together because we had so many mutual friends or whatever. And they'd be like, I don't understand. Are you guys separated? I'm like, we are. And they're like, but you guys came together and you still are like, act like you're together. And I was like, welcome to my entire marriage. (laughs) I'm like, you don't ever know. And it was so like, not powerful, but telling to me that like, 
people couldn't tell the difference from when we were separated than when we were together. Because what happens in a marriage, like behind closed doors, the outside world doesn't see that. Right. They don't. And those are some of the things that I try to bring to light, you know, when I, when I, on the podcast and when I coach or mentor or whatever, is that people, you see a couple and you think that they're all happy and they're, you know, everything is great and you don't know what's actually going on in their life. And our own, my daughter, who at the time she was four, she had no idea that we were separated even though we were living to get separately, he told her, oh, baby, you know, daddy's got to move away for uh, for work. Like, I got to move a little further for work. And I remember there was a time where she was like, yeah, remember that time when you were living with Nana? Kind of like, oh, that was our house, but you were living with Nana. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she didn't find out that we were separated till years later when we... Um, had like recorded our, our testimony for, for church. But so this was like the whole time that we were separated. It was this crazy scenario. Nobody really understood what was going on. And then we, just like God said, we, we get back together in September. In August, I guess he, he, the way he tells it, and on my podcast, within the next month, I have to actually come on and tell his story because we are just coming up on a year for the podcast. But his um, side of the story is, as all this is going on on my side, on his side, God is doing a work in him, and he wasn't even going to church or believing him in, or whatever. He says that one day, God just says to him, you better go get your family back. And it was at some point in August, and that's when he started, you know, coming back and saying, babe, I'm sorry, you know, I want to get back together. And So it wasn't that quick. And as soon as he started doing it, I'm like, really, God? Really? <laughs> Right. Hey, okay, I guess this is it. Cause I wasn't ready. I wasn't, I was so angry. I was so hurt. You know, I, I still had this like covering over me where people didn't understand why I was behaving so calm and so gracious, but, but on the inside, I was still okay. really that, hurt. You were like, how dare you? How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. So hurt. And so, so we got back together, but I was not really ready to, to forgive him. So the first couple of months, about, yeah, about two months or so that we were back together. It was terrible. And I, and we were fighting. I mean, there was one point where I just, he was driving us somewhere. I literally just got out the car at a red light. I was like, I'm out. He was like, I'm, where, where are you going? I just opened the door and left the car because I felt like, well, what's keeping me here? I feel like I, for whatever thing, I'm like, well, you're just going to leave me again. Or I, I, I just felt like, yeah, this was no, we weren't, I couldn't trust, right, that this was our thing, that we were going to be together anymore. I just, I was afraid. And one day I look up at God and I was like, again, take this from me. I'm like, you said we were going to be back together. I'm back together. Now our marriage is worse than it was before. And this is miserable. So if this is your will for us to be together, I still love him but I, I'm angry and I'm hurt and I, and I need you to take it from me. Like, and I surrendered everything and it was like a weight lifted off my shoulder. And after that, I was able to see my husband for just the way God sees him. And mm -hmm. I, and I talk about this on our, our podcast, like, you know, um, God is our father, but he's also your husband's father which makes him your father-in-law. 
So if you think about that, like if you think about for the mothers that might be listening, like what happens when you see somebody mistreating your child? How does that make you feel? I mean, that. And so when I when I had gotten that revelation, it was in a, a small group, like a marriage um, small group that we had done. When I had gotten that revelation, I was like, wow, like what? <laughs> like, no, that's my God. But it's like, yes, but he's his God too. And I was, so I was finally able to see him, you know, the way a, a, a parent would look at their child, that they're not perfect. In a different light. In a different way. And it was so crazy. And it was just, the, just com- since then, our relationship has never been the same. I mean, we still fight, we still, you know, whatever, we're still normal people. But it was all that hurt was gone. You know, it was almost like the 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 trauma was still there, but it was like minimized. You know, it was it's so crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, a year later, so a few months later, got pregnant, second baby on the way. And a year later, he we're at church because, oh, that was another big thing is that when we got back together, I was like, oh, now as a condition of us getting back together, you need to go to church. And he was like, okay, whatever you say. Mm. And at that moment when I was like, God, take this, my marriage is, is terrible. I realized that it was unfair of me to make that uh, condition of us getting back together. And so I told him, I was like, you know what? That was unfair of me. And I'm sorry. You don't have to go to church with us. If you go, great. And if you don't, that's fine. And because of that, he started going because he wanted to go. He started getting engaged with it because he wanted to be, not because he felt like it was going to mean something for his marriage. And then fast forward a year later, he pulls me aside and he's like, yeah, so um, today at church, I'm like, yeah, he goes, you know, this whole Jesus thing. I'm like, yeah, he goes, I think I get it. And I'm like, you do. Okay. And inside my heart is like, <gasps> and he's like yep. yeah, he's like, I, I, I get it. He goes, I, I, I said, yes, like I I'm ready. I'm ready to accept him. And I was just like, trying to not make a big deal out of it. Right. So inside I'm like, Oh my gosh. And outwardly I was like, okay, babe, cool. No problem. <laughs> trying right. to be so nonchalant. Trying to be so nonchalant. Like when you meet a yes. celebrity. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no big deal. And inside you're like, Oh my God, it's whoever. Um, and so that was just, you know, the, the, I think the beginning really of our story of God, then just, you know, every day being just a new, a new thing that we learn, a new place where we grow in our marriage and our relationship. And it was, has been amazing. And, and uh, God, no, I was just going to say, just hearing your story is also inspirational because not every marriage has to have infidelity as the point reason for people to separate or yeah. finances. Like there are yeah. other deeper things that also cause the stressors um, between one another. And I think your story is such a unique story in that there's no cookie cutter approach and there's no cookie cutter argument for marriages. I think the two that society continues to portray are money and infidelity. And your story is unique and your story is different. And so I thank you for, for, you know, putting that out there because 
there is no cookie cut approach. Every marriage is completely different. And we, and I know I shared this in your podcast, we come with our baggage into our relationship. Right. And mm-hmm. so we, we love each other. We're passionate. We're embraced and we want to spend the rest of our lives together. And then when you're there and you're like at the rest of the life and you're itching at the side of your neck and you're just like, wait, 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 that's triggering me. This behavior is triggering me. This is causing these feelings because of unresolved stuff that I've gone through. And yeah, so I, I just wanted to put that plug in that, that thank you for sharing that because not everything is just a cookie cutter approach. Yeah. The, uh, the funny thing was at the time when all this was going on, we were making more money than we ever made before. We mm. were making really good money, had money in savings, had a house, two cars. I mean, like, so you're right. Money wasn't an issue. You know, like, yeah, we were going to move to my parents' house for a little bit because- To make a smart we decision. To, a right, to, to, yeah. to send, save like a, a massive amount of, of money in a, short, in a short amount of time. But it wasn't uh, because we weren't able to pay bills or we weren't, you know what I mean? Um, it was- it was like you said, just two imperfect people coming together and not knowing how to deal with our stuff. And we had been through marriage counseling. We had been, we had done all the things before we got separated and it helped. Like we got a couple of tools, but I think the, the thing that really made the difference for us was the heart change. And so that's why I, I, I bring, God into my story so much because he was at the center of it. He he made the difference of the heart change because we weren't going to therapy when we were separated. We weren't going to therapy in the few months leading up to it. We had done therapy before. And we weren't anybody, not seeing pastors, not we, we didn't have any sort of advice. It was just me working on myself and my relationship with God on my own and then surrendering it and be like you t- you do it take the rest. I, there's literally nothing else I could do. And, and Beatrice, so in that, is this what inspired you to help other women? Yes. So fast forward. So this happened, maybe this is somewhere around like 2009, whatever, um, that all this happened. And, um, I fast forward later to maybe it's like 2017. So almost I don't know, however many years later, um, I felt God speak to me again, very clearly. And he said, you are going to impact thousands with your story. Mm. And I was like, my story, what story? My weight loss story? Like, it's not even that impressive. Like, I'm, I was so confused <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm, in, and I'm like having one of those moments, but I was sitting on a plane on, you know, yet another <laughs> business trip. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it's so funny, the timing, but nine months later, just like our separation was separated. And then nine months later, we got back together. Nine months later, after God said this to me uh, at our church, they had asked us if we would record our story. And that's what they call it, stories. And basically, Mm -hmm. it's just a testimony. And so we get on video. You know, we had this whole, it's a whole production. And that's when my daughter first heard that we were separated. And at that point, she's maybe 10. And so she's mm. sitting in front of us, her and my son at this point, they're sitting in front of us as we're being interviewed. And she's like, wait, what? What? <laughs> she hears us tell the story. Wow, 
And she's like, you know, looking at us like, you got some explaining to do, mom, you know? And um, that story was posted online at our church. And so thousands of people saw it. And it started to be shared. And um, all of a sudden, people started to reach out to me on Instagram that I had never heard from, heard of, like people I didn't know. And all of a sudden, I did start to see people being impacted by it. And I was like, oh, wow. And I still didn't really even know what it meant. And, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I'm supposed to start a blog. Like, I didn't know. Right. And then I found myself a business coach who, um, you know, we a Christian business coach, we sat down, we're just talking and, and we go through the thing. And from there, it, the idea of the podcast came up and, you know, she helped me with the name and the this and that. And it just, everything came together in such a beautiful way that I was like, oh, okay, God. So this is the story that I was supposed to tell, or this is the venue or the way that I was supposed to tell this story. And that was a year ago that I started the podcast. And obviously we have thousands of downloads and, and all that and charted in multiple countries. And I mean, I was like, I don't, I don't even know people in these countries. Like forget about States. Like I don't, who are all these people listening right. to the show? And the crazy thing, and you know, this because you're a podcaster yourself, you don't know who's ever, who are all these people listening you to. You don't. You don't. You don't right? know the impact you're having, and I think because my show um, is around marriages and struggling in your marriage, people want to keep that quiet, and so they don't reach out to me. And I'm always on the show. I'm like, reach out to me on Instagram, and like, I want to hear from you and whatever. But but they don't, and which is fine, you know, because but a you lot don't of people air they're, they're listening laundry, kind of you know? Right. Yeah, they right. are listening in silence. And I think it's important. And I, I connected with you through a podcasters forum and I saw or, or a mm-hmm. Latina women's forum. I can't remember. Yeah. But, you know, I reached out to you and, you know, we connected and, you know, in sharing my story, um, you know, marriage isn't easy. And I think when I reached, you posted something like that on Instagram and mm-hmm. you're like, you know, if you need prayer for your marriage. And I was just like, pray for my marriage because piss me off. <laughs> and you know your facebook page has just been helpful you know other women posting i need help with my marriage or you know you asking women well what is it that you feel that you need support in etc and i you are doing god's work in trying to help other people fight for their marriage because i think not i think we have entered an era of immediacy you immediately want to download, you immediately order these clothes, you immediately want money, you immediately want fame, you you it's I immediately want your food, your Uber Eats, etc. You want your marriage immediately. And God is not an immediate God. Mm-hmm. He he if it's something that he will throw a brick on your head until you learn patience, that is him. And so mm-hmm. your forum really um for me it's it's it, I, I love it. And I do listen to your podcast as well mm-hmm. um, because you have your good days and I love my husband. And then you have your days where you're both uh, separately going through your own stuff. And when grief mm-hmm. enters a marriage, like grief entered our marriage, when my husband's mom passed away, when I tell you that God challenged every single soul and bit in you, in your marriage and everything in your destination. Absolutely. So I, 
I'm guys, I just want you to really listen into her podcast and, and, and tune in. Cause she has so many different, really dope guests just to, you know, really share their stories and, and how to help like you. you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, too. Yes. Yes. Yes, too. Yes. So tell us about the Grace Field method. Cause I was like, Hmm, so intrigued by the Grace Field method so and what you have to bring. <laughs> yes. So the, the, I'm still working on it. It has uh, not yet been released. It should be releasing over the next few weeks or so. But the Gracefield Marriage Method is like my signature program, if you will, of how do you, if you're in this space where you want to work on your marriage, but your husband's not showing up. And for whatever reason, he's, it's for you. If your husband is, he's a good guy. It's not like you're in an abusive situation. He's not a narcissist. He's not what, like you don't have, there's, he's normal. He's a good guy, but you guys are not connecting and he is not showing up right now. And your anger and your frustration with him is, is kind of is starting to bubble and is starting to boil. And you said it earlier where it's, it's not necessarily about a place where there has been infidelity or there's been some sort of, and maybe there has been, but this is for, I think the rest of us, you know, the, 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 I think even bigger percentage of us, because it's, we hear so many about those types of marriages, but there's so many others marriages who on the outside look like everything is fine. Mm -hmm. But then in the inside in at the house, in, you know, behind closed doors, that's where things maybe aren't so fine, you know, and, and you, and you want to hang on to this marriage because you love him and he's a good man. And, you know, he's the father of your children or whatever, if you're a mom, but, but you want it to be better. And you, and you want to know, like, what can I do as a wife? What can I change for myself as a wife to start to make my marriage better? Even if he's not showing up so that we start to connect and maybe one day he will start to show up. Maybe mm -hmm. one day he will start to make changes, but we can't force him to change, right? We, we can't, we can't control what his actions are going to be. We can only control our own actions and then, and then surrender the rest, like change your behavior. And then like I did change my behavior, surrender the rest to God. And in the and places where you're like, is, I, yeah. I can't do it. Yes. And where you're like, God, I can't do it. It's like, okay, well then we're going to, we're going to ask him to change it for us. And that's what the, essentially the, the grace fields marriage method is, you know, it takes into account all of the years of whether it's books or studies or whatever things that I have learned with, you know, whatever wisdom that God has given me. Uh, and it kind of just takes it and packages it. Cause I could say, you know, I could make it a, a long course and say, well, here's 35 books that you could read. Here you go. <laughs> right. But it's not that it's, it's, Bye this information has come from this book or this book. And if you want to read it, go right ahead. But this is the excerpts of it. These are the pieces that I have picked and chosen that kind of have worked for me together. And it's a place where I can partner with the women, like where it is instantaneous. Yeah. You can buy it, you can download it, you can go through the process and, and then it has a space for you to journal. And so after you've done each model, like, you got to process this, you know, it's, this is not, like you said, it, it's not a, a one day thing. Mm -hmm. This is a, it's a, that's why it's called the method. Yes. 
it's a, you know, and in it, I talk about establishing a grace-fueled practice. Like this is a practice. This is a routine. Like, how do you do this? How do you become that wife? Right. And, and not to say that you're going to be perfect at it because I am certainly not perfect at it, but it's just, how do you start? How do you take the step? How do you do all that? And that's essentially what the grace field marriage method is. And I'm really excited about it because I think it's going to help a lot of women in a scalable way. Cause I can't help that many women one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And what I find is anyone that I coach these are the things that I'm giving them. Yeah. So it's almost like, here you go. Here's literally everything. This would be, you know, a month or two months worth of coaching sessions in one package for you work on it. And then, and then if you want, we can do some one-on-one work later for your individual situation. Right. Cause you said there's no cookie cutter marriage. Every marriage is different. So yeah, that's, that's it. it. And then they get you and your awesome personality. So that's always amazing. (laughs) So I know you have some free stuff on your website and tell people what they can find on your website and where they can find you. Yes. Um, So free stuff on the website. There is uh, a lot of the podcast information. So the the most free stuff you can find is on my podcast, which is uh, at the Grace Fields Wife. And you can find that in you know iTunes, Spotify, literally Google, like whatever um, podcast platform you like to use, you'll find it there. Uh, the website is thegracefieldswife.com or beatrizvargas.com. They both link. Um, and you'll find that stuff there. The freebie there you'll find, I have like a five step thing to, or kind of like a five step guide to becoming a grace fueled wife. And on there, the first page, and you and I had jokes about this because we have both done podcast episodes on this. The first page is, is my marriage worth saving? Mm -hmm. And you go through like, is my marriage worth saving? And then yes or no. And then as you get to the end, it's like, okay, well then this is, this is what the scripture says about marriage. This is what this it, And it goes, and it's just a quick free PDF um, and then if you get on the, there's also a place there to get on the waiting list for the course. And if you do, there's definitely going to be um, some bonuses there that you won't get if you're not on the waiting list. So yeah, Grace Fields Wife, the website, I'm excited. Love it. So before we end, I always like to give my listeners three tools, tips, techniques, knowledge, nuggets, things for their bucket, whatever it is. Can you give us three tools or tips for fighting for your marriage? Mm. Well, I think number one is you have to make a decision that it's worth fighting for. Mm. You have to know in your heart it's worth fighting for. Because if you think you're fighting for it and you're you're kind of waffling and you don't really know, you know, it's not going to work. Because what are you fighting for? You know, why? If you haven't made the decision that this is, is worth fighting for. And I am going to do everything that I can to make it work. And if after all that, it doesn't work, well, then I know that I put my best foot forward. Mm-hmm. And that's really what that decision means, because there's sometimes we don't have a choice. When my husband was walking out on me, I didn't have a choice about him walking out on me. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to fight for this marriage and do everything I can. And if he still, if he, after all that, he still wants to divorce me, fine. But I'm, but I have made the decision. So that was one. Um, 
as a big one. (laughs) I think two, I would say is, um, and I met talked about this before is taking it inward. And instead of worrying about the story, Mm-hmm. So in conflict re- resolution, we learn that you you can't focus on the story, right? There's no judge here. We're not taking it to a judge. Well, he said this. Well, she said that. And, and we're going to find out who's right. Like, no, if you decide, once you decide that you're going to fight for your marriage, stop worrying about the story. You can't negotiate the past. The past is the past. We're moving forward. Right. And and uh, as a, a coach, like that's what we focus on. Right. You want to you want to look at the past. There's a therapist for that. That's what they're trained to do. We're going to move forward. And so in the moving forward, it's, well, what can I change? Mm -hmm. What can I change about me that is going to move us forward? Mm -hmm. And that might be forgetting about the past, forgiving, letting it go. We're moving forward. It doesn't mean you're going to feel great about it at all times, but it means you're going to, you, you're going to move forward. So I would, I would say step number two and, um, step number three, uh, I don't know. I mean, those are like the the two most. I oh, I would say step number three is that you have to surrender the outcome. Mm. You can't control the outcome, and so if you do it knowing that, all right, God, you know, or whatever higher power you believe it, but just knowing that the outcome is not in your control. Love it. That will change the way you fight, because if you if you fight trying to control the outcome then you're you're too attached to it. You know, you can't really be authentic because you're too attached to, but no, 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 but I'll I'll do anything for him to stay. No, you're not going to do anything for him to stay. You have boundaries and you have standards that you're going to live by. You know, I, I, I say on my podcast all the time, this is not about you being a doormat because we, we see that a lot in Christian cir- circles where, where the women feel like they need to be a doormat. Like, no, 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 no. You don't know me. Uh-uh. I'm not raised to be anybody's doormat. This is not that. This is about you having strong boundaries and loving yourself enough to hold on to those boundaries. And sometimes the most loving thing we can do is tell the other person, no, I will not tolerate that. Mm -hmm. And and that's what it is, is just because you might be scared that by holding on to this boundary and saying, no, I'm not going to tolerate that behavior. I'm not going to tolerate you going out and staying out all times of the night. And coming home drunk, right? That I will not tolerate. But you might be afraid. Well, if I tell him that, that he might leave. Up with then okay, right. I let him go. <laughs> like you have to just right? there's stand your ground. So I think those are the three. So I said the first is you have to make the decision. The I have to recap for myself because I forget. The first was you have to make the decision. The second, you have to see what you can change in your own behavior. And the third is to surrender the outcome. Love it. Beatrice, you got her Facebook post. You guys got her website. You guys have her podcast info. Thank you so, so, so much for being here, for dropping these uh, knowledge nuggets, for refreshing us and letting us know that, you know, marriage is not a cookie cutter approach and we can work on our differences, whether it's together separately um, and obviously, you know, with God in the middle. So thank you so much for being here at the Beauty is Me podcast. 
Thank you. I loved having uh, being on here with you. It was such an honor. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag beauteousmepodcast for your feedback.